Hi there and thanks for joining us. On this episode we have moved into the heart of Cork City Centre which as you might imagine is a very busy place in the run up to Christmas. So there's been lots of talk about how busy it is, how busy it should be so we decided to have a look for ourselves. I'm Jonathan Healy and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. First up on this podcast, we have the CEO of the Cork Business Association, Lawrence Owens. Lawrence, how are you? And welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Appreciate it. it I have to say, anytime I've been in the city centre in the last couple of weeks, it has been thronged. It's great to see queues, a little bit frustrating at times if you're in them, but the city itself is doing okay by the look of it. It is, and I suppose queues and the bustle, that's what Christmas is about. It's the excitement, it's the atmosphere, it's people coming in, enjoying the experience, and we have a great city to offer. And uh, yeah, it's been very, very exciting. And I think even the things like Glow, as they come on board, they put that Christmas feel, and it's that point of difference that Cork has. What's it been like the last couple of months? It's been tricky. People have been expressing opinions and <clears throat> saying that, you know, it's not as good as it should be. Uh, it's been a difficult tightrope for the CBA to walk, I'd imagine. Yes, look, look. let's call a spade a spade. It's been very challenging. But look, it's challenging for retail everywhere. It's not unique to Cork. And I suppose what we're trying to focus on is the positives. It's so important for retail, especially in terms of Christmas period, to get people to come into town. And that's why there's a raft of initiatives and incentives. And even that little incentive that we have there with the shop and drop, where people come in, leave their parcel, do their shopping, a little donation to cancer research. Um, these are the positive little changes that we're trying to make within the city to make that experience a little bit better. In terms of little initiatives like that, that's a clever one because you're getting people there. The, the park and ride is back. There's a second park and ride now. All these initiatives, have they increased footfall? Is there any way of measuring it right now apart from speaking to retailers about how busy or quiet they are? Well, I suppose, look, statistics, one can do anything with them. And we get them, obviously, they come from City Council, but they're showing that the numbers are up. But then, Jonathan, I'd expect the numbers to be up. It's two weeks to Christmas and they need to be up um, but it's been you know very positive last weekend was bustling in the city I spoke to a lot of businesses taxi drivers there was a ream of people around town the atmosphere is very good hospitality is buzzing as well and I think there's a real feel good atmosphere and I think it needs to be because it's what you know as I said two weeks to go and it's very important time it's full circle since the last time we spoke because there's now people complaining about cars breaking the Panaban yeah. and driving up there when they shouldn't be there yeah. uh, has that been settled, do you think? I mean, we again have had calls for it to be suspended over Christmas. That hasn't happened. I'm not sure what impact it's having right now. Have we, have we put that to bed at this point, do you think? Well, I think, look, uh, the main thing we want to focus on is the positive, what's important about the city. Uh, and I've spoken with the, with the Gardaí in terms of having a balanced approach. A lot of people come into Cork for the first time from around the hinterlands, from South Tipperary, from Waterford, from Kilkenny, and, and as far as we to that, they probably wouldn't have heard of the, the bus corridor on Patrick Street. And we've asked the Gardaí to be reasonable and be balanced because people will come through, make a mistake, and they shouldn't be punished for that. And remember, this is the first Christmas that this has been in effect. So I think a little bit of tolerance and understanding standing is very much needed. Well, we've all been the soldier driving the Cork Ridge in Dublin going up the wrong, the wrong way of the one-way street and bleeding with the guards on the far side as a result of that. Or is that just me, Lawrence? No, I think we all do we that. All that. That's we okay, all do that. as long as we all do that. Um, look, you pointed out retail is challenged. And it, it is challenged yes. because of the fact, and I'll give you an example. I went into a shop today to buy a present. Uh, they didn't have it in stock yet. Their website did. So I had to. End, I, I had the, the kind of the, the stupid situation of standing in the centre of the shop, ordering off a website for, for that company. Um, 
Is it going to be always thus from here out that we're going to have that challenge between online and retail? Well, online isn't going to go away, <clears throat> and that's one of the major challenges that Bricks and Mortar Retail has. And now we're launching a program next year with the LEO, uh, an incentive system that we can sit down one to one with retailers where they want to and where we can help them make that trans- pre- transgression into an online presence. And it doesn't have to be the entire stock range; it can be a selective range, but just to start that journey where it suits that particular business. Because you know you can't stand still. There has to be that element of change, and where there is an organisation to help businesses to make that change. Some of them might be a little bit afraid and say, I should expect to know this. But we will sit down with the LEOs on a one-to-one and craft something that will work for a particular individual business. All we need is that, that person to make that initial search forward and we're there to help. And like that, there are great businesses emerging, great retail businesses emerging. I mean, you've watched how retail has changed through your former life uh, in Debenham slash Roche stores to where you are now uh, as a retail uh, guru for the city. Um, When you look at the transition and the people who are embracing it, I mean, there are great ideas out there that are being developed well. There are, and I think, look, it's been shown, um, and it's, I'm not hearing, because people accuse me of time from lecturing, I'm not. I'm saying that businesses must look at their indoor first and then see how they can change. All we're saying is that we're there with a whole helping hand to help them make that change. There are resources like the LEO, which is totally underutilised by some businesses, and we're here to make that connection. But, you know, standing still won't get you anywhere. There are challenges there. Retail is challenged. And as I say, it's not just Cork. People have this perception, oh, Cork is doing differently. You go to London, you go to Birmingham, you go to Dublin. It's a challenged environment. But if we want to keep this fantastic indigenous business that we have in Cork, we've got to work to keep it. Just finally, before we let you go, there's a bit of a change because you normally have your business awards in January and you're moving them this year. Uh, how could you move? You'd have to have a very good reason now to move your awards. Arthur. Well, I'll be the politician. I'm delighted you asked me that question, Jonathan. <laughs> um, look, obviously on the 19th of uh, January, there's a presentation, uh, an award night for Dr. Con Murphy, a legend in Cork, an absolute legend. And unfortunately, our two dates clashed. So we've took the bigger honour and we've said, look, we'll move on. And we're going down to the 23rd of February in the Clayton Silver Springs. We didn't want to clash with that. We didn't want any, I suppose, uh, contradictory uh, offer in the sense that a lot of our members want to support that. And we're going to make sure that there's a clear playing pitch, if I use a horrible analogy, so that that night goes on. But we'll be there on the 23rd. Our awards presentation will be on there and we'll be hoping for a full house. Well, you'd have to bend the knee to Dr Khan, given how much he has given the city and county over the last few years. Lawrence, hopefully a lovely and successful Christmas for all the businesses and a peaceful one for everybody once they get to the 25th. Lawrence Owens, uh, CEO of the Cork Business Association. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. My next guest on Red Business is somebody who has recently enough changed their location, but who has been trading in the heart of the city for many, many years. Audrey Lahan from Azure Jewellery. How are you? I'm good. Jonathan, how are you today? I'm good. Tell me a little bit, first of all, about your move, because you are now over on George's Quay, and that is in one of those fantastic old buildings up towards Parliament Bridge. This was a labour of love for you. Yeah, totally. Um, I suppose it was May 12 months ago um, when we moved in. So we'll be there two years next May. Um, yeah, it took about six months to restore it. Uh, the building's 260 years old. Um, it literally was a labour of love, but, you know, good builder, good architect, good engineer. And we got there in the end. And uh, the proof is in the pudding, really. The building is absolutely gorgeous. Back to its former glory. Standing pretty. Did you have to rip the whole thing out? Did you literally rip it up and start it again? Yeah, so basically, um, obviously, because the building was lit, 
listed, it was literally just four walls and then we built a building in a building, really, I suppose, just to secure it long term. Um, but yeah, we did really start from the beginning and finish at the top. Um, all the floors had to be taken out, new, you know, all new steelwork, new roof, new windows, new facade, everything. Um, but it's beautiful. It's done. You, you were ripping apart a bit of history because that, that building has stood there um, almost from famine times right through to the time Cork burnt down uh, to now. So did you find anything interesting when you started ripping up the floorboards? <laughs> Unfortunately not. We were kind of half hoping for a pot of gold, to be honest, <laughs> but uh, it didn't come. Um, no, um, now we did find a lot of the old doors. So Miss uh, Crowley next door to me in Canlan's pub uh, had told me that when they were kids, they were able to run through the terrace um, long ago, 80, 90 years ago, that they were able to just run through from one building to the other. So we did find the original doorways for that. So that entire terrace was yeah. linked by doorways. It wow. was, yeah, a big old wooden doorways. Um, now, literally, I when we found them, I could have put my hand into Callanan's pub, so obviously we had to cover them back up. That could be handy if you wanted a bind. <laughs> it could have been handy for a bind, yeah. A bit of a weird way to do it, but yeah. Um, so we did find those, and we found some really old, you know, um, fireplaces. Uh, obviously nothing there, but just the bones of the fireplaces. Um, but again, they all had to be blocked up because obviously we had to get the building secure. So the purpose of that entire refurb was to make your jewellery emporium if I can call it that sure. um, wh- how did you set about building a 21st century jewellery shop in, in that old building well I suppose because we had been trading in Kerry's Lane for 14 years at that stage I kind of knew what I needed um, we'd actually moved three times on Kerry's Lane um, it was a bit of a running joke in Kerry's Lane from one side to the other um, but it takes a while to find what you're looking for and we did finally find it in George's Key um, so I really knew what I <clears throat> excuse me I really knew what I needed when I was going over there so our ground floor is retail um, our first floor then is a bridal consultation suite because we do quite a lot of bridal jewellery handmade and then the next floor are the workshops where all the jewellery is handmade and a little kitchenette and then the one above that is storage. I mean, my eye is being drawn to what's around your neck, which is obviously one of your bespoke pieces. Sure. Uh, how how did you fall into this? How did you start out in a jewellery business? Um, it's bizarre. Actually, it's the weirdest story ever, but I was actually working for Beamish and Crawford in sales and marketing for eight years. Now, I've got to stop you there. There's not a natural link between drink and what you have around your neck. So how, how did you make the jump? Um, so I suppose when Beamish sent me over to Paris to work in my 20s and while I was over there, just I suppose fell a bit of time, maybe helped me with the language. There was jewellery courses around the corner for me at night. So I started to do those and then I made a few contacts um, over there now jewellery is definitely something I was always interested in but my parents have you know traditional get an education get a job uh, which I did um, but an opportunity then presented itself in the brewery uh, for redundancy and I took the leap um, predominantly we started with retail and then we uh, retrained I realised I suppose quite quickly that there was a niche in the market when you're hold, when you're du- when you're buying jewellery in for other people you're really um at the mercy of somebody else and we wanted to facilitate a better customer service so retraining was the only way that we could do that so now we're in full control of the project we're making the quality of the project we're making and how quick the customer gets it so uh, right now obviously christmas time busy time um are you noticing there's a little uptake in trade i mean you're a bespoke business but are you seeing that there's a little bit more money out there people are willing to spend a little more this christmas um, yeah, definitely. I mean, look, we definitely had a, a couple of tricky years for, for sure. I think every retail business did. Um, but in the last, I suppose, two years, yeah, I, I suppose you really see it when you're dealing with weddings because 
if if there's financial issues, the spend in weddings goes down. And when you start to see the spend in weddings coming up again, you know that the market is rectifying itself. There's a little bit extra out there to spare. Um, so what does the traditional customer coming through the door? You don't have a traditional customer, I'm guessing. You could have the, someone like me going in saying, I'd like something for my wife. You've got the wedding party. Uh, you've someone coming wanting something completely out of left field. Do you have a standard customer? Um, we don't really. I suppose we deal with everybody from communion girls uh, to you know confirmation, weddings, anniversaries, birthdays, whatever people are looking for really. But no, I mean we try to facilitate a customer the best way we can. I suppose our gifts are very personal, and we try to advise the customers to always you know think about the person that they're buying for. So from a customer service point of view, you really are getting great expertise. Um, we cater for all budgets, so it's not that we're expensive because we're bespoke. Uh, if you have a budget in mind, you let us know and we'll do what we can um so no a traditional customer no we deal with everybody across the board and we were talking to Lawrence there about the importance of people shopping in the city center if they were to walk into Azure jewelry today obviously you could have something designed it might have a bit of lead time but there's stuff to buy there today I oh absolutely i mean we have a shop full of jewelry um and yes i mean there is a lead in time for the bespoke pieces i mean we do work pretty hard to facilitate all of that before christmas um but yeah i mean i have a shop full of jewelry we do stock a few other brands uh, international brands that people like and but yeah uh, we have something for everybody well fourth time lucky in the premises that you're in uh it sounds uh like you've really put your heart and your soul into it uh audrey lahan from azure jewelry is there a website or facebook people can look there up? is a www.azure we have a full online business and we're also on facebook instagram snapchat all the usual media forums well, audrey wish you the best luck happy christmas and thanks for joining us thanks a million jonathan happy christmas to you too the only show in town for Cork Business, Red Business. Next up on Red Business, Paul McGurk, who is the City Centre Liaison Coordinator with Cork City Council. Uh, Paul, how are you? I'm great now. How are you? I'm good. Now, we heard there from Audrey of how her business is doing well. We heard from Lawrence how the city is it's busy. It's nice and busy out there. Uh, we did touch on, on what might be described as the unpleasantness around Patrick Street. But from your perspective... Um, Efforts have been made to drive people into the city centre to spend their money there and to help the businesses who are who are trying to trade. What's been going on? Okay, I suppose over the last few months there's been a real collaborative effort between the CBA, the Chamber, business interests uh, and the Council to try and look at different initiatives. So um, obviously at Christmas time the city centre comes into its own in terms of delights a lot of people visit for uh, shopping and socialising. But we have um, I suppose, a number of um, marketing initiatives. We have sh- uh, shopping channels, social media channels. Um, we've uh, prioritised access. It's never been easier to get into the city centre so we have free parking on terraces of Saturday nights uh, if you enter after five o'clock on North Main Street and um, Paul Street car parks and the extended park and ride park and ride now runs between seven and ten in the evening over the Christmas period um, and also we have an extra park and ride in the county hall. So is it working? Are people using that? Uh, yes, uh, definitely the extended park and ride um, about, I suppose, since last August. Uh, I suppose what's been a request for a long time from uh, city centre interests was to bring the park and ride into Patrick Street. So that's been brought in since then uh, and it's proven very popular. Um, people are able to you know, get straight, right, straight into the heart of the city. Uh, and even a little thing over Christmas period, we've linked up um, with Breakthrough uh, Charity. So there's a shop and drop service. Uh, so if people are logging back, 
bags around over Christmas. They can leave them there for a donation to charity. Go get something to eat. Go visit Glow. Come back and pick up their bags. Look, that's a vacant shop unit as well. So you are making use of a bit of vacancy uh, on Cook Street, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. It's just, I suppose, as a practical measure to show, I suppose, uh, a welcoming nature of the city centre. People will say city council is not responsive, uh, spending money on the wrong things. Uh, they don't listen to us. What do you say to those people? Uh, I, I understand that that argument is there. I suppose we we try and listen to people. We work. Um, everything we do is collaborative. It's with people. It's by listening to people. It's working with the likes of the CBA, the chamber, local trader groups. We work a lot in neighbourhoods. So we work whether it's the Victorian Quarter or Douglas Street or other parts of the city. We try and uh, work at a practical level. We have, I suppose, practical supports like painting grants. Um, and so on to try and uh, support people. Um, I suppose the uh, the city centre is a priority for the for the council. Um, it's the healthy heart. We have a city centre strategy. We work in partnership. Uh, we have core, which is city centre partnership, um, and we work collectively to try and tackle issues uh, going forward. There will be people out there who will default to the position that the city centre is dying. That people aren't going into town anymore. Is that a reflection? on what's been happening in the city centre or a reflection of the reality that online is proving more of a challenge perhaps than some traditional businesses can cope with. Yeah, I mean, city centres aren't dying, they're evolving. I suppose that's, that's what I would say. Um, definitely, there's next year, it's predicted that online will be reached 15%. It's 12% this year. So it's only going to go in one direction. Um, so what people are looking for in cities and towns is more of an experience. So that's what we're trying to do uh, by working with people at lots of events, um, creating some music on the streets. Um, we work at, at festivals. Um, and we're also working with um, a group of businesses around customer service within the, the premises as well. The first time I met you, uh, we were launching the different quarters. Um, and I remember you telling me about the Victorian Quarter, which at the time, McCurtain Street was, is that right? There was a couple of businesses down there. It was doing reasonably well. And now McCurtain Street is one of the premier destinations in the city. You go down there at the weekends and it's thronged. All the bars all the restaurants, they're thronged. Does that show, do you take satisfaction from that first of all and does that show what can happen and what change you can bring about with a little bit of effort from not just the city council but all the traders, all the businesses, all the bars and restaurants? Absolutely and it's down to local leadership that's led by the people at that level uh, in, in the Victorian Quarter they, and the council's job then is to facilitate and enable where possible um, so like for example in that area there's 18 new businesses have opened up in the last three years uh, and they're really good at working together and that's the, th- the type of um, thing we're trying to uh, encourage, get streets, our neighbourhoods to work together uh, with, and the common interest I suppose the term is co-opetition I suppose where people can cooperate on things that are of common interest well, Paul, it certainly works down there, and those streets, are, that particular street, McCartan Street, is going to be thronged over the Christmas, as will many other streets as well. Uh, we wish you and all the businesses trading around the city continued success across this uh, Christmas period. Paul McGurk, a Cork City Centre Liaison Coordinator for Cork City Council, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Jonathan. My thanks to Paul and to Lawrence and to Audrey. If you are thinking of heading into town and shopping, do give yourself an extra bit of time to peruse all that is on offer. Don't forget, you can download all the episodes of Red Business from iTunes or from redfm.ie. Neil Hennessy was the producer and we'll catch you on the next one.